Okay. All right. Welcome once again to Sharing Socks, the first postseason edition. Unfortunately, we were kind of hoping to have some more in-season uh, to converse about, but such will not be the case for now. I'm Lee Allen, the duty geezer at Southside Hit Pen. With me, my son, Will Allen, our West Coast uh, correspondent. And you can see he has uh, the West Coast Stadium where the Sox could be playing now, only they're not uh, in his background, as well as an L.A. hat, because that's where he is. Uh, and we are going to, naturally, uh, do a little uh, post-mortem here. You will note that Will is wearing a Moncada uh, gaiter. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Yuan did not wear it when he probably should have before the season started and was still suffering that way all the way through the playoffs, really. Very true. Although we should uh, clarify, as I hide my face in shame as a Sox fan, that this is not our first postseason uh, chat. This is just the first one where there's a space between post and season. <laughs> um, yeah. We did get to do a, a few days there uh, in the postseason, which was exciting. Um, and yes, that's Dodger Stadium behind me where the White Sox would be eliminating the Astros today if they had gotten to play each other. Uh, but instead, the A's have decided to collapse like a dying star and let the cheaters move on to the ALCS almost definitely. Uh, apparently, uh, the cheaters didn't really need to be cheating. They're doing okay, uh, presumably, without banging the drum and or trash can slowly. Very true. The, uh, I know from, um, I think we share views on all of the series that are currently going on and we're kind of oh for four, except Tampa Bay at least is tied up with the Yankees. Well, this is going to come as a shock. So hold on to your butts. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, I'm pulling for the Yankees in that series. And no. the main reason is I think that offense can beat Houston and I don't know if the Rays can. And all I care about right now is Houston not making it. <laughs> I am so I am so invested in Houston not making it right now. Well, of course, you and I have a little uh, – I can't imagine ever rooting for the Yankees on anything under any circumstance. I don't care if they're playing the Cubs. Uh, no, can't happen. But you and I have a brief history of Yankees-Rays. Uh, I don't know how much you remember because I th think you were 11 – Oh, in 19, 1998, when the Sox got Albert Bell, who turned out to be a fine player, but as always, the biggest jerk in all of baseball. And Frank Thomas was going through his whiny period for whatever dumb reason Frank had at the time. He seems to have grown out of it, which is nice. But Well, uh, he, takes, uh, he takes new genics. <laughs> Not commercial enough to know that that's what helped Frank get back on track. So we had, we had that period in 1998 – where we were going, okay, it's one thing to root for a team that never wins anything. It's another thing to root for a team that's a bunch of jerks. And so we were looking around the American League. You were actually an Astros fan at the time. This is way back when well, they were my, they were my second team. National League team. Your National and League They were team. in the NL, and they had Craig Biggio, and my grandparents lived in Texas. So there was no fair-weathered fandom about the <laughs> no, time that I was No, after. absolutely true. And at the time you became a fan, they, they had the killer bees, and that was basically about it. 
But at any rate, so we were looking around the American League and our criteria were it should be a nice place to visit. It shouldn't be too expensive to visit in the summertime. And it shouldn't be too hard to get to. And we ended up with the theory that Tampa Bay has this brand new expansion team. It'd be kind of neat to be on the ground floor. And we could fly down to Tampa and stay fly for nothing, just about, in the off-season there for the summer, and, and stay for almost nothing. So we're going to go down and see about becoming Tampa Bay, at that time, Devil Rays fans. And they had a weekend series with the Yankees, uh, which did not go well. No. But the thing I remember most, there are a lot, a lot of Yankee fans. There lots of The Yankees' spring training was, was in Tampa, so it was not totally unnatural and front-runner-ish. But the Yankees fans were obnoxious, as Yankees fans always are. And you remember the guy screaming, and I'll forget the number now, we've got 27 championships. How many you got? Tampa Bay had existed as a team at that point for three months. And <laughs> how many did they have? None. It was a good point. And he I, screamed uh, that all the way through every game. We did get to see Fred McGriff in those games. We got to see Wade Boggs play for the Devil Rays. I believe we actually got to see Wade Boggs pitch in it, uh, which was pretty cool. Quentin McCracken was the uh, star to be on that team, and he actually had an okay career. He did, he did all right, and he homered in that series. I actually vividly remember this series. I it think, wasn't all blowouts. It was just all losses. No, I think the I think the first game was actually only two to nothing. Uh, I have no clue why I remember this. Maybe because being at Tropicana Field is, in a lot of ways, being in prison and you never forget <laughs> uh, the time you've done. Um, but yes, the Yankees the Yankees took that entire series. That was that was a sweep. Fortunately, uh, we gave up on, on on the Rays because of that. Came back. Albert Bell was soon gone. Frank grew out of his whininess, depending on what materials he was taking to do it. And uh, back to being a lifelong white side, well, lifelong in your case, almost are, in my case. These are your issues a little more. I don't think, I don't remember ever being down there as like a scout for a new team. Like I, I was not as offended by Frank at the time and I was never going to abandon Ray Durham, my dude. Well, true. No, we're still fans of, and uh, you know, Robin Ventura was there. I mean, there were a lot of lot of uh, guys to root for, but they were just becoming. I mean, Albert Bell. Yes, I know, forty-eight homers, but <laughs> beside point. Anyhow, back we come to the present time and the playoffs. You got any pretty? I'm, I'm just. I think Houston's going to beat Oakland. It just does not look good. Yeah, I mean, Houston definitely beats Oakland probably today. Um, I think that the Yankees will beat the Rays. I think that uh, the Dodgers are going to beat the Padres. I'm bummed those two had to play each other in this round because I would have liked to see them play in the next round um, just because they're both very fun to watch right now. San Diego especially is really fun to watch. Uh, and then our other series of the Marlins and the Braves. You just, you just wish the Marlins could do it, but I don't think. It's not a sentence I thought I would say. Uh, obviously, first and foremost, I want the Marlins to win it all because <laughs> what are they doing here? And who's on that team? I've watched multiple Marlins games uh, this season, and I still can't name more than three guys in that starting lineup. The, the one guy, the, the, the Cuban guy. 
the young rookie. I, I, and Is that a Rose a, a Rosen? What's his name? <laughs> he's, he's like nine for ten with eleven RBIs. Yeah, he's the. And they've only scored six runs. You know, I mean, and he's Cuban. Why don't we have him? Yeah, he should be on our team. Oh, young Cubans come to Chicago. Everybody knows that. He should be on our team. I think there's no. I, I think if the Marlins had been able to win yesterday, they would have actually had a shot to win that series. But their kind of pitcher who's been who's been keeping them in this thing had a really bad day and. They, they couldn't afford to do that, just like we couldn't with um, Keiko having a bad day. And let's get to us. We're here to talk White Sox. Uh, kind of a sad ending. It was such a crummy game to go out on uh, in game three. It was just terrible game. Nine, nine walks. Uh, I, theoretically, defensive star second baseman has a terrible day in the field. I'm, I'm a huge fan of his, and I'm sure he's going to be great going forward, but that was not a day he wants to remember. Uh, Nick Madrigal having a tough time, uh, and just just kind of a miserable day. Uh, the fans heaping it on Rick, Ricky Renteria, and I know you heaped it on Ricky Renteria. I have another choice of villain, uh, who has been my choice of villain for some time now. Cooper, uh, I think the most important move the White Sox could make in the off season, more important than trying to keep James McCann, which I don't think they can, uh, but. It would be on January 15th, that's Don Cooper's 65th birthday, to wish him a wonderful retirement. He's going into Medicare. That's terrific. He can be taken care of for his physical problems. And just say, Don, it's been wonderful. Give him a Rolex engraved with 2005 on the back and all kinds of banners and maybe nice speeches and everything and say goodbye and get rid of him. He needs to be gone. I don't believe Ricky made all those seemingly strange decisions in game three without Don Cooper going, yeah, yeah, that's what we ought to do. Or telling him that that's what he should do. Because as Ozzy said long, long ago, Cooper is Kenny's rhymes with which. And Cooper is the man on the bench who's going to run things when it has to do with pitching. And all those bad decisions, they are Don Cooper's decisions. And all the pitchers who don't get any better when they come to the Sox and often get worse, those are Don Cooper's products. I agree with you. Just needs to be gone. I mean, I I don't know. Renteria just made every bad decision possible. That being said, I don't think he should be fired by any means. And he was learning. I mean, it was his first postseason series as a manager. You could see how nervous he was, which I actually really appreciated about him. I liked seeing how much he cared. Um and I know that that doesn't necessarily get you wins. And I, I would say Renteria just did an epically bad job managing, especially those last two games and the last one for sure. Uh, but, you know, it's not all on him. It's not all on Cooper. We, we just also had a bunch of guys come out and just not have it. We we're throwing a lot of rookies who just couldn't keep it together, couldn't keep their cool. And, and I get that. I mean, I, I can't say that I would go out there and be, you know, crushing it in a, a weirdly high stakes game, but with no fans. Um, and we, we just didn't have enough pitchers. And that this whole bullpenning thing, which is unfortunately, I think, going to become more and more of a, a, a trend, um, I think it, it needs to die 
this whole we're going to depend on nine different guys to bring their best stuff for a game is absurd. I mean, it's just there's there's nothing even money ball about that that makes sense to me when when you're talking about throwing depending on nine guys having a great day now if if you don't have solid starters you cannot win in the playoffs you cannot win in the playoffs uh you know of course one guy did have a great day jimmy cordero he was terrific yeah. <laughs> got a, that beefcake's got a cannon i mean he uh he shows you. He knows what he's got. Yeah, the, the only perfect inning. <laughs> right. And a lot of those guys, you know, had, had decent pitches, decent at-bats, but ultimately just, you know, those were really high stakes to throw a bunch of rookies into. I feel the same way about Madrigal. Do I think Madrigal's going to be a great MLB player? Absolutely. Do I think he's an MLB player already? Contact, batting, yeah, definitely but not defensively at all. And he's got zero power. And it was really hard to watch him in that scenario where you can just see a guy who is absent of confidence in the field. Um, and as I've been vocal about on Twitter, I will die on the Yolmer Hill and I'm happy to. <laughs> uh, one guy said, oh, that's interesting. I think you're the only person willing to do that. It was like me and Yolmer's mom. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen more of Yolmer in that series. I would have liked to. I think they had used him to pinch run for some silly reason. I would have liked to have seen him. Apparently, Leori was still suffering from that hand problem, uh, which is why he was pinch hit for in game two, which I thought was the stupidest decision of the whole series. Uh, if you have to pinch hit Zach Collins, then you might as well just if say, I'm sorry, we're, we're, we're done for the year. Uh, let's yeah. all go home and, and have, a, have a good winter. Uh, Zach Collins has pretty well proved he can't hit major league pitching. Just take the. Would have been nice to have Yomer to do that. Like in uh, softball, if you don't have enough uh, women on the team, you have to take an out. We should have just taken an out. <laughs> like, oh, we could do Zach Collins, or we could just take an out. I would have been like, this game's too long. Let's just take an out. <laughs> I know that's mean. I'm sorry, Zach. I do hope you're very good someday, and I will support you uh, as you improve. Nick Madrigal definitely will support you. But I just think it is absolute crap to have a second baseman win a gold glove and then not put them in the field behind ground ball pitchers. It makes no sense. Madrigal is a great contact hitter. Absolutely bring him into pinch hit later in the game. But you should have a left-handed batting Yalmer in the field behind Dallas Keuchel 10 times out of 10 until Madrigal improves. That was a, a big, big managerial miscue. Us being in the playoffs at all was just a, a pleasant surprise this year in a lot of ways. And then to not put your experienced players out there, especially it is a crime to win a gold glove in Major League Baseball. And then no one even wanted you. The White yeah, Sox didn't that, want that him. The Giants didn't want him. This is a guy who hits 260. You know, this isn't this isn't some terrible offensive liability. He's not great, but he is not terrible. He's got a gold glove. He's fast, and he is one of the best players for morale in all of Major League Baseball, inarguably. So I know I have friends who don't like that I talk about intangibles, 
But uh, Yalmer's got intangibles that other guys don't have, and you need in the playoffs. Having Madrigal go into a shell, which I understand, again, why he did that. I would have done that, too. This is big, big stakes, you know. Um, but it was just such, an, such a mistake not to have the gold glove at second base on a day that Dallas Keuchel's pitching. It makes no sense to me at all. You talk about the pleasant surprise of being in the playoffs, which, of course, it was. I'm sure any of us before the season said, okay, it's going to be a 60 game season. Uh, we'll let you have 35 wins. We go, wow, 35 wins. We're going to, we're going to take that and run. And then when they, and 21 of those wins are going to come against Detroit, Kansas city and Pittsburgh and only three losses. And you're going to be eight games under 500 against everybody else, including a very, very, very weak national league central each team individually weak for a, for a different reason, such as St. Louis having to play uh, like 124 games in six weeks or something. Um, Milwaukee uh, losing Kane, and then uh, Braun was hurt, and then where was Yelich? Just, just kind of, and all those kinds of things over, over in that division. Uh, a lot of similar things happened to Cincinnati with veterans. Uh, but so it's not as good a record as it jumps out that the, according to the one site that does uh, strength of schedule, the three weakest schedules in the major leagues were the, the White Sox, the Twins, and the Indians, because we all had the other guys to play. The only guys we played that were any good were each other. Uh, and we didn't come out well. They were fine with the Twins, uh, badly, obviously, with the Indians. I, I checked a couple of things. Let me do a stat look here. Uh, against Kansas City, Detroit, and Pittsburgh, 165 runs in 24 games, or 6.875 runs a game, almost seven runs a game. Against the rest of the teams, less than four. 3.92 runs a game, which would have put you 28th in Major League Baseball. Now, in fairness, everybody gets to play weak teams, and I'm not including the, the weak teams in here, but nobody gets to play that many weak teams as we got. And pitching, the overall ERA was 4.10, uh, 72 runs in 24 games for the weak teams, or a three, and 174 runs in 36 games, or a 4.83 for anybody else, including uh, – I mean, Milwaukee was below 500, so we're not talking even 500 or above teams. So we feasted on the really bad guys, which you need to do, which is great. Yeah, but if we only yeah. did the normal thing and, run and won two-thirds of them, um, then all of a sudden we're just a 500 ball club, which is what I kind of think we are. Uh, we've still got some holes. Coming to future, looks great for the future. I love that Robert uh, came out of his huge slump in yeah, the playoffs. Yeah. That, that was a big deal. Uh, the man whose uh, mask you're wearing, Yohan Mukata, nothing he could do about it. I mean, he's just been he was, in the he after. Was in a lot of he was really this he, you know, he hit those three triples within the course of a week, and every time he hit one, you'd see him on the bench just laboring. He looked like Jose after trying to dig out a double. Um, just was having a, a very hard time. So one certainly hopes we have no idea what happened with COVID a year later because it, there's been no COVID a year later, but we certainly hope that by, by next season, he's going to be just fine. And it's probably still going to be a bizarre season, at least early on. Shout out to, to Mankata, though, for, for hanging in there. Oh, yeah. Most guys don't even try to play. And he, he did know that he needed to be out there for this team. And triples, unfortunately, were probably the last thing he wanted to be hitting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the worst case scenario for him, um, health-wise, is 
is and of course I would say Abreu Tim Anderson maybe just fantastic seasons. Aloy had a great season. Yeah, not defensively of course, but offensively had a very fine season. Uh, Robert had the big slump. Now we get to the big question: if we can, if we move to looking forward, free agents and Carnacion, goodbye. Yeah. Uh, you know, may be nice to keep. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, we've got a really good bullpen. We've got Bummer, I think, ready to be a closer. He's already making $10 million a year. Somebody's going to go for him. I, I was not a huge fan of his last year uh, because I thought, boy, there's a lot of luck to this guy. He keeps putting all these people on base, but he gets out of it. Boy, this year, particularly in the last month, he is fantastic. He didn't do any of that. Oh, I think I'll load him up to see if I can have a challenge kind of thing. He just mowed him down. Yeah, Colomay uh, actually ended up having a, a really solid solid year, solid postseason. I would let him go as well um, just because the price tag, someone's going to overpay, and I don't want him to be us, especially with Aaron Bummer and, and Crochet. Um, and Hoyer. And Hoyer. I mean, we've we've got a lot of guys who could who could close out games really nicely. Aaron Aaron Bummer, when when he is back at full health, I mean, he's elite. He is actually an elite relief. Pitcher. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and I would love to see Aaron Bummer in at the end of games. I think that's the right guy. Lauri, uh, team has an option for about what they paid him this year. I think fifty thousand dollars more. I think you picked that up. He's just too valuable in too many positions. He can do too many things. Yeah. None of them, none of them greatly, but all of them adequately. Yeah. And there aren't many people who can do that. The huge question and the one I don't think they can keep and really need to keep is James McCann. Yeah. Uh, because, yes, money is going to be the first thing for any free agent. But the next thing after money uh, and weighs heavily is playing time. And he's kind of number one and a half. He's splitting playing time. Uh, you know, we happen to have the, the wonderfulness of two great catchers this year. I don't think he comes back unless you're, you know, $10 million over everybody else. Uh, and then we're back to that situation uh, with Grandal and whoever, heavens, you know, Zach Collins, who knows, uh, where we had last year with, with, with McCann being great, but then the one, the number twos that we ran through their role success uh, in succession more awful than the guy before um boy it's a shame to see it would be a shame to see him go but i don't know how you keep the only way i guess you could keep him is that it is to trade grand doll yeah so my my pick on that is is to trade grand doll and find someone who's got a a solid two uh catcher that we could get in that deal you could get a lot for yasmani grand if you trade him now uh, I think he's on a, a sort of generous contract from us, but not something that other teams won't want. Uh, but when you're talking about bringing up young pitchers, I want James McCann behind the plate. He gives young pitchers so much more confidence. He calls such a better game. Yasmani has uh, probably a, a much higher ceiling in terms of, of power uh, and being a switch hitter helps. But James also has hit a lot of home runs for us. And 
I would give up Grandall. I we we desperately need a great new starter. If you can get get rid of Grandall and pick up somebody who could be a, a number three starter as well as a backup catcher, I would do that deal today. Yeah, I don't know whether he's got you know no trade or limited trade clauses uh, in his contract that would uh, I'd be make that more difficult. Him. They didn't say anything about it when he's when they signed him, so yeah. it wouldn't necessarily be something that you mentioned. But it, it will be, would be a shame. It'd be a shame to lose either one of them, but I can. So I, I mean, I'm not hating on Grandall. I like Grandall a lot, but I would rather keep James McCann just because of how valuable he is to young pitchers and how great he is at calling pitches. I mean, he just, he's, he's better at that. He's not the pitch framer that Grandall is. Grandall is the best when it comes to that, but. I would love to keep Although he improved a lot. His his framing scores were a lot better this year than they had been the year before. Maybe, maybe he took some lessons from Yasmani. I mean, very possibly. I'm sure he did. James seems like he's, he's, you know, he's a very open guy into improving and he just keeps getting better. And I don't want to lose him. Uh, I don't want to overpay for him, but I think he's a valuable part of this team. I, Getting rid of Giolito's catcher right now is insane to me. <laughs> I mean, it really just is. Like, what they have going is worth keeping. And if that means getting rid of Grandal, that's what you do. It, uh, it's going to be an interesting offseason to look forward on that. Obviously, the pitching is a, an almost desperation situation. Starting, uh, yeah. Starting pitching, yeah, both bullpens fine. I mean, they got out bullpen by Oakland. Yeah, I mean, but a lot of teams if we moved on, if we moved on to play the Astros this week, what do you, what do we do? I mean, you got to pray that you win the first two, just like with, like it was against the A's, because then you know they're playing five games in a row potentially. So you're talking about Giolito throwing on three days rest. Three days rest, or throwing on two days rest and then Kaipo <laughs> also throwing on two days rest. Um, yeah, there, there was just no way to, to get out of it with the, with the starters that we have, um, despite how they're great. You know, they're the ones, the, the true starters we have are veteran starters. Giolito uh, is now sort of a veteran and, and Keiko. Um, they're, they're very, very, very good. And I'm excited to see him back. And it will be interesting to see, if, you know, if we were to get rid of Don Cooper, we might actually develop some starters, but uh, we don't have a chance as it is. I'm guessing, and I know you have much more faith in him than I do. I think Dylan Cease ends up in the bullpen next year. Um, I think Dylan Cease could absolutely end up in the bullpen, but I don't think that's a failure for Dylan Cease. I I think he could be a good, good reliever. Yeah. He could be an excellent reliever. I mean, he's he's got a – a pretty powerful fastball. And if you're talking about him only having to throw it for one inning, uh, that's only going to increase velocity a little bit. And, you know, once he gets his confidence, I think you're talking about a really solid middle reliever in Dylan Cease. Uh, Fangraphs, the Fangraphs article on Cease not, didn't just say, hey, man, look how incredibly lucky this guy's been. And they timed it nicely because from that point out, his luck disappeared. <laughs> you saw what you had. But also got into the fact that the spin on his fastball is strange. He's got very, very high spin rate like you're supposed to have, and as they measure these days, one of the highest in Major League Baseball on his fastball. 
but it doesn't spin the way that helps. So he doesn't have the great backspin that creates at least the illusion of rising. I don't think they actually rise, but they don't fall. So you have an illusion of rising. Uh, and, and it's kind of kind of a sidey, backy, doesn't do much of anything spin. So you end up with just a flat fastball. Fastball that doesn't move. And major leaguers, it doesn't matter how hard you throw it. If it doesn't move, oh, it's coming right back at you. If it's yeah. right down the middle at 110, somebody can hit it. Ozuna's hitting it to outer space. I like Dunning. I think, I think Dunning can hang as a starter. He seems to have... Uh, yes, he struggled at the end, I, and I think it's very. Steve uh, and and uh, Tony uh, was was talking about uh, perhaps Dunning being post uh, TJS that and then he just got a little worn out that he he really wasn't ready to go every five days as he had to do toward the end of the I year. Mean, these guys, these are guys that absolutely would not have been starters in a major league rotation this year if it was normal. Dunning was started in Birmingham. Yeah, they might have come in much later for a, an opportunity to try it out, but we certainly wouldn't have been talking about Dunning in the playoffs and Cease in the playoffs if this were a regular season. I mean, Cease would have been up probably, but he would have been probably doing a lot of bullpen work. Um, yeah, so so taking this season as a sign of really what anybody's capable of isn't fair, um, which is why I'm still very pro Nick Madrigal defensively even. I think he's going to get a lot better. I think Cease is only going to get better, and I think Dunning's only going to get better. It's, it's a very, very bright future. Unfortunately, and of course, we had all these uh, outfielders in the system. And to the idea, we have so many outfielders, we don't know what to do with all these outfielders. Maybe we can trade them and get stuff. None of those guys last year showed up at all. And then this year, they lost the whole season. I mean, there's only so much you can do in Schaumburg. Right. I guess you can go to, can go to the mall. But other than that, you're, you're limited. So all these guys lost a season of development. That's going to be a difficult thing uh, moving forward. And it's not obviously it happened to every team. Yeah. But uh, it's going to be hard on all guys who are minor leaguers who thought, boy, I'm going to be AAA this year and ready to move up next year. And, yeah, now, now you're set back and you're a little bit older. Uh, that's the way things go. Uh, we probably ought to wrap it up and, uh, and uh, you can do the Los Angeles thing and watch Los Angeles stuff and not watch stuff in Chicago. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back uh, next week when we are a little deeper into the playoffs to see where everything stands. I'm actually a, a little relieved the White Sox aren't playing in LA right now just as it would be really hard to have them in town in the playoffs and I, I think I'd be phoning in every celebrity contact I have to try to get me in that ballpark and uh, it's, it wouldn't happen so uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm unless your celebrity to... friends are cardboard <laughs> yeah but I don't have to at least worry about that um, but next year I mean I'd love to see uh, I'd love to see LA win it this year just to you know make it exciting for the city right now. The Lakers are going to win, uh, but next year, next year it's going to be the Sox.